Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is your co-host Ryan coming to you up top here just to say um, this is a bit of a rambly one. Uh, up top, we talk about a lot about TFCon, a bunch of shout-outs, and my trip to New York City after the con. Um, if you are if you don't care about any of that or at any point you start to get bored, skip to about the 52nd minute mark, and I think that's where the show begins proper because uh, whew, it's a lot. Um, you will miss hilarious and controversial stories about how accident-prone drunk Ryan was on uh, one of the nights. But, uh, yeah, you know, do whatever your heart desires. And then thanks for listening, and pistols at dawn. Uh, enjoy. I'll be the meat in the APDC witch. <laughs> I love it. Very good, Kevin. <laughs> I can try. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast delivering an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is episode 113 of the Autopod Decepticast. We will be covering episode 9, Fire on the Mountain, uh, of the original G1 series. I'm your host, Aaron, and you know, I have had a lot of adventures with the team here, and people are always asking me, how did you guys meet? And, well, shut up a second and let me tell you. First of all, Caleb... He was a managing director at a very prestigious commodities brokerage, Duke and Duke, perhaps you've heard of it. And I was a poor but intelligent street hustler. And Ryan, well, he was a beautiful and intelligent, well, in the past I would have said prostitute, but Ryan's woke me up to my ignorance on the offensiveness of that term. So I'll say sex worker. Ryan was a sex worker, specifically the kind that allows you to put your penis inside of her for money. So, no shame in that game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, anyway, Caleb's big bosses, Randolph and Mortimer, they made a wager on the concept of nature versus nurture. You looked back at me when you did that. <laughs> Just making sure you remember. And they, they arranged to switch the lives of, of, of well-mannered and, and highly educated Caleb with the street savvy but rough around the edges, me. And uh, and they, they framed Caleb as a thief and a pimp by paying off Ryan to pretend he was he Caleb was his pimp in front of Caleb's fiance. And then they plucked me out of jail, hired me to take Caleb's place in their firm, gave me his home. Here's the deal. I fit in well. I cleaned up real nice, got the knack of this whole commodities trading thing these guys are just a couple of bookies anyway <laughs> after some unsavory mishaps at a christmas party the three of us became acquainted acquainted and uh we realized that we are being played by the duke brothers uh, and their little wager and, and i mean our lives were ripped apart for the paltry sum of one dollar so we hatched a plan to ruin the dukes there's nothing rich people hate worse than being broke and we got our hands on a top secret frozen orange juice crop report that the dukes were going to use to enrich themselves and through a series of different mini adventures including a parking garage style deep throat event, a New Year's Eve party on a train, some unfortunate blackface, Caleb, mm. and a convoluted <laughs> explanation on how futures trading works, we got the money, made the Dukes poor, and retired with our butler friend Coleman on a Caribbean island. Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good. Can't remember his name. Can you? <laughs> I'm Ryan. Caleb. I'm, I'm Ryan, good, and Caleb. I'm Jamie Lee Curtis in this scenario. That's Ophelia. 
got a great bosom, Ryan. I still got them titties. <laughs> I'm Caleb, and I think this was a Dan Aykroyd movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he was in there. Anybody uh, else? Anybody else come to mind? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Hey, you're making some good headway. <laughs> making some progress on knowing shit that happened a long time ago. Okay, of course the movie is Trading Spaces, but I mean that that was that was based off trading of my life places. story. Trading Places, not not the popular uh, wife swapping television <laughs> show. Oh, no. That's not it either. <laughs> no, that is it. Doesn't matter. No, I uh, love that movie, and it's topical because Thanksgiving is coming up, and that is a movie is that a, spans Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. That's right. I, I do like the crossover though, because the Duke boys. I mean, I. I <laughs> It's true. There's a joke about that in Coming to America. Oh, that's right. They bring it back. Mm -hmm. About the, the, about the, the Dukes, Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah. The Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> no, the, the, like they bank... Spoilers. I know where Caleb was All going. All right. I'm with him. Uh, before we get into the episode proper, uh, a couple of things. We are, for reasons I think we'll disclose in the next episode, recording in a slightly different place. We're typically in my basement, the Ark, but today we're recording in Caleb's Casa. From Caleb's uh, living room. On yeah. his couch. It feels weird. Yeah. Uh, it feels like home to me. <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking back at him. Yeah, like, I'm get, like, like, like it's a surprise. Like, this is not really. Hey! Actually, this isn't my house. <laughs> oh, boy. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, before we get more into this app, what's our cocktail of the week that we're imbibing here? In oh, all right. Well, in this episode, this is, uh, this is episode... Oh, by the way, we are in my house... If you need anything, just let the butler know. He can oh. get it for you. Right? Coleman. Coleman, of yes. course. Yeah. Coleman. He, he's great. Igloo. Whatever. It's <laughs> a fucking... <laughs> you just call him whatever you want. Is a that fucking a... ice chest joke? Yeah, it was. I, don't, I think that's the first ice mm. chest joke I've ever heard. <laughs> I was slow to pick that one up. So, yeah, this is uh, this episode we're doing today is Fire on the Mountain, which is uh, Jetfire comes back. Mm -hmm. Skyfire. Apologies. please. I know. Well... Uh, this cocktail, I call him the Sloppy Skyfire Mojito. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, basically, this is just, it, it's, a, it's a modified mojito. Uh, put put several lumps of ice into a 16-ounce calling glass, top with one teaspoon sugar, insinuate a spiral green lime peel into the ice, dump in a fucking shot of Bacardi. Easy there. <laughs> and strain the juice of one small green lime, not a lemon. Stir once and fill with really good club soda and garnish with a bunch of fresh mint. If, for a lady, use grenadine instead of sugar. I meant to be, bring grenadine for myself, but I, I forgot it. So, it's basically just so an we're old... we're not having the grenadine version. I know, it's an old-timey oh. um, mojito. Well, right. having sipped it all... Well, let's pretend I haven't sipped it. Guys, let's try this for the okay. first time ever. You want to do the cheers? cheers. Here we go. Yeah. We need a cheer. Yeah. We need cheers. to come up with something catchy. Cheers. It's true. I likes it. Very refreshing. Can you get another one going here? So I have one in reserve. No, you got one on reserve right here. I can only <laughs> drink like I can only drink like a little bit. That's oh, that's right. We'll for, cover that next for, episode for reasons right? we'll go into later. Oh, guys, hey, how well did we do at TFCon? So oh, well. all all well, all the well. <laughs> did it end well? It did. <laughs> all ends well that ends well <laughs> I was going to say if you said anything other than killed it, you'd be lying to yourselves and frankly the listeners because. Uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. It was, it was so awesome. great. It was amazing. Like, I, Aaron's been to, um, uh, you've been to three right this, now, right? This, will be your, this would have been your third. Uh, yeah. 
Because you went to Chicago, L.A., and then, <laughs> right. so you've been to, yeah, except the, the Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my second one. I went to Chicago. We all went to Chicago, and then this one we all went to, you know, the D.C. one and did our panel, and we did it on Friday night, right after the opening ceremony, and it was amazing. The energy was so high, and, like, everybody was so, also that room seemed pretty packed. Yeah, it was. I mean, they didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> it's true. There was nothing else going on. We got the sweet ass Flint Dilly slot. Like the it was like eight fifteen Friday right. night. Uh, there I think it was about two hundred fifty people in the room, and it was so cool. Like I'm I, gonna I say three hundred. I'm maybe. going. I'm going to put I'd three. Like to know for sure. I'd like. I, I'd like to know. I'm kept meaning there. to count the rows and count the. Like, I tried to do it from pictures we got, and I got between like two fifty and two seventy five. Okay. So That's something great. like that. It was pretty full. It yeah, was nice. it was. Oh, and just everybody was so like into it, and so it was really honestly. Thank you for all the love. It was so amazing. I, I, I yeah. it went off better than I could have imagined. There were thanks to any listeners who were were at the show and maybe they hadn't heard of us before, hadn't listened, and are listening now. I know uh, I'm staring at you at Engineer Hoist on Twitter. So it was awesome. <clears throat> and thanks if you were a listener and you and you were currently there, still are <laughs> and you and you currently still are and watch the show. So. I have a few shout outs in regard to TFCon. So oh, if just I before may. that, I wanted oh, to ask, fine. we are, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. I was just going to say we are going to put like the audio of that out there, but also we want to release it simultaneously with the video. So. so yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I was thinking, um, I think for longer, fo- I was thinking of split, like maybe we release the video in 10 minute increments or like maybe sectional increments. Cause I think people just like watching things in smaller segments. You're better. probably right. But then also release the, uh, a version of the whole thing, of the whole thing. Yeah, and no. probably do that in congruity with releasing the whole audio. Absolutely. Then. No, Does I agree. And okay. <laughs> Eric, on to the shout outs. Okay. A lot of shout outs. And I, there's a few people I'm sure that I'm going to miss and I apologize and we'll get you back later if you remind me. Um, first of all, Paul and Evan, I don't know if they're listeners, but they were tech gurus and they helped us set up and capture the whole thing. Uh, and they're both awesome dudes in their own right. And we got to hang out with them a bunch. Maybe one of my favorite memories of this whole thing was Evan. You know, he is a a voice artist himself Mm -hmm. and he was just flipping through his Instagram and basically reciting what he saw in the voice of Skeletor, just improvising. And it was one of the funniest things. And that's Evan Tainment on Twitter, right? Evan Tainment on Twitter. You got it. And I don't know if Paul's on those socials. I don't know. I do know that Paul... He um, keeps it low key. Paul did not care for a certain segment in our panel. Uh, You would bring that up. (laughs) You want to talk about that? Uh, Speaking of TFCon volunteers. (laughs) I guess the answer is no. Um, so anyway, yeah, those guys were great and we had met them in Chicago actually. Um, but there, and there's also, uh, Ryan and Stacy, they're an awesome couple. Ryan actually does the third party panel, which you guys don't go to cause you don't care about toys, but he's a super funny guy also. And he's got, always got the lowdown on the new toys before anybody else. So, um, and then, uh, oh, oh, you can't forget uncle Jesse blaze who also, I don't know if she listens to the show or will listen to the show, mm-hmm. but she is like the go-to firefighter. On that crew, and I bet she starts a few fires as well, because her last name's Blaze, get it? Also, she's a redhead. Oh, that too. Uh, anyway, it was fun to meet her. <laughs> Some inside baseball here. <laughs> uh, and then there's Colin, and he who leads the whole damn thing, who, news alert, said to me when I was chatting with him that we can come back anytime we want, fellas. Well, we can write our own fucking ticket. Oh, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, you guys, yeah, it's like, 
we paid to come there, so yeah, I, I guess, guess we could come there whenever we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, he that's, meant he meant as guests, not as not panelists. panelists. Right. That's like that's like leaving a that's like leaving a, a, a baseball game, and they're like, "You guys, come you're back welcome anytime you yeah. like." Uh, then there's also I'll try and get my way through this quickly. Uh, <laughs> new podcast besties. So there's Eric and Miguel from Steel City Bots. The next con, I definitely if they want to. I mean, I'm being presumptuous, but I'd love to hang out with them more. And of course, Diecast and Melvar from Radio Free Cybertron. Uh, those two teams, uh, Steel City and the uh, Diecast and Melvar, they bigged up us a lot uh, before the panel mm-hmm. to try and hype the crowd for yeah. us. So that was really Absolutely. nice of them. And I basically, Melvar actually might be my true TFCon bestie. We yeah, closed we, out the night. It seems every like night. you're better friends with him now than us. Well, <laughs> you guys I, seem we intimate. do have a new podcast getting here. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, what we're going to be doing is reviewing every episode of the G1 Transformers. Huh. Yeah. I thought... <laughs> oh, yeah, well, oh, no. me, and Ryan, <laughs> me and Ryan have a new podcast, too. Oh, oh cool. We're going to review your reviews of the G1 <laughs> and say how shitty they are. <laughs> hmm. It's oh, just a... Host- it's called Hostility Podcast. Yeah. What if they're good? They can't we, be. Well, yeah. <laughs> what if they're not? <laughs> uh, anyway, it was <laughs> Melvar. It was really nice hanging with you, yeah. and especially since like he's not a huge partier, so he just basically got to watch me descend into madness yeah. <laughs> every night. Uh, let's see here. Fi- Realm of Collectors. I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, oh. shout out. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say one more uh, yeah, who did I miss? podcast that we met. Yeah, um, Caleb and oh, I met. More than meets the pod. Yeah, of course. I didn't meet them. More than meets the pod. Yeah, oh, there was so a couple times it. you were just nah. busy at the time you and were, it just didn't work. But yeah, were, I saw your pictures. They you were, were less than meets sweet the kids. pod. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kit and Harper, thank you. It was very nice to meet you. And I do uh, want to get you guys on for like both maybe an interview and also maybe we could do a collab episode yes. because they are doing They're an good. episode. So by episode review as well, the G1, every two weeks the same way yes. we are between their normal podcast. Yeah, I've already got some collabos set up with them and Melvar and me. It's going to be great. Oh, good. Yeah. Wow, you're really cutting us out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it looked like you, they look like really sweet uh, people. Oh, yeah, they were amazing. It was great to meet them. And uh, yeah, I can't wait go, to have them on. Go listen to their podcast. Yeah, I'm going to listen. Cool. I'm going to do fun. it, Ryan, on your recommendation. Talk mm-hmm. I'm on it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I was going into Realm of Collectors, so I met lots of those dudes. They seem really cool. There's Brian, who hooked me up with my first spudger back in Chicago, so it was good to see him again and chat with him. Uh, a guy named Deluxe Baldwin, a toy reviewer. He's got this real laid-back Southern style, um, and he's also the you know part of the Shattered Cast podcast, so... Um, then that's when I listen to uh, relatively frequently. I like, I like their kind of voice of things. And that's also with Bobby Skullface, who met him, drank some boxed wine, uh, that he had in his backpack, which by the way, I was drinking these, uh, Woodford Reserve neat. Have you ever had the Woodford Reserve? I had the Woodford Reserve on the plane home. Oh yeah. It's a nice smooth bourbon, you know, and there was just a little bit left in the glass, but I went ahead and just, dumped. I filled my glass with this cheap boxed wine out of a backpack and, and it was was a really good good mix. Like I, that (laughs) might be an interesting cocktail, a good bourbon plus some maybe better wine. 
Caleb is the wine guy who probably is wincing at this. No, no, no. There's, there's actually that's a common drink. It's called the alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> there was one of the one of the drinks that I had for our our um, our jigger beaker and glass segment before had wine in it with booze, but I think it was the one everyone hated, uh-huh. including myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I will say that hanging out with the realm of collectors was an experience. There. Good guys, and it was fun to hang out with them because they buy a lot of drinks. Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> if you were just yes. down there whenever they were down there, or at least a large they group did not of them, mess around. just shots Holy showed shit. up out of nowhere. Were those? All the time. Was that the dudes who were buying all the shots yes. of John? Yes. Was it Johnny Walker? Or oh yeah, I know it was Jameson. It was Jameson, Jameson, that was it. Jameson I have a picture of that. I will put up for this episode it where it's just like literally Good the bartenders stacked them on top of each other, and yeah. they weren't shots. We're saying shots, but they were like full like they were like double set two shots. fingers yeah. of booze. They were drinks. Yeah. No, and but they were chugging them like shots. Yes, it, it was getting bananas, but was nobody fun. was. It wasn't nope. problematic nope. at all. Nope. No problem. I mean, they was were, cool. It was all positive vibes, and uh, you get they're definitely. I'm on the Facebook group, but I'm not like tight knit with it at all by any means. But the uh, you know you could tell they're close. They're tight knit. Kind yeah, of entourage. Uh, it was of, of pretty. People. It was great. They roll deep, dude. They roll deep. <laughs> and uh, there was one other guy on that in that group, Vinny. I talked to him like every time. Like, I met him in Chicago, and uh, and uh, every time uh, I saw him, we ended up chatting for like thirty minutes, and mm-hmm. you'd close out the night too. Also, all those guys that we met in Chicago, basically everybody we met in Chicago. When I reintroduced myself, they uh, a couple of them might have remembered me, or it looked like maybe they remembered me, but didn't quite put it together. And then they remembered Melody, and they're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, you're you. a very pleasant, enjoyable girl." <laughs> uh, oh, we got to we got to talk about Apollo, aka Robo Apollo, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Awesome artist. She uh, binged the show. I don't know how far she got through it. How far did she? She, say got, she through got through the movie. She got to oh, like no episode eighty six. In, in in what amount of time? <laughs> like a month. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that that's amazing. That's but she did. So she <laughs> she put in all that work only to leave twenty five percent of the way through our actual panel. She had to go with her friends. Like uh, uh, they went to go have unlimited, I think, Korean barbecue. And I'm like, where's that place? So, I, if I didn't know that, I would have left. <laughs> She's an awesome artist. And I commissioned a Galvatron from her. Yep. And I saw some sketches yesterday, actually. And I think some more sketches are getting tossed my way today. So we'll see how that's coming along. Yeah, it was great. It was very nice meeting her. And um, oh, we got some stickers from Robots with Coffee, also. Oh, we did. Oh, I forgot I, to bring yours. I've got your stickers. I, you know what's? I, I somehow missed him when I was walking around the floor room, uh, the, the dealer room, the, dealer or the room. artist alley. Like last year, I bought a calendar. Uh, last year, I bought stuff off him, a book, a little booklet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just somehow missed him this year, mm. and so I'm really glad that. Um, you guys end up getting some uh, some stuff from him because I like yeah. his stuff a lot. I bought a book and he gave me a bunch of st- he gave me stickers for all you guys. Outstanding. So all right, well, uh, I think he's great. out of Kansas City. Really? I think so. Do you think he goes to the Kansas City Transformers convention? Maybe. I don't know. Reach out to us. Let us know. Are you from Kansas City? <laughs> Do, Do you, you go to the convention? <laughs> uh, two other groups. So we were talking about this yesterday. Um, I hate that I forget names. I carry around. Uh, my Evernote app, and if I can, I try to remember to put names in it of people I just meet. I try and do it discreetly, so it helps me remember them. I just have a terrible memory. And uh, there's a couple names that I didn't put in because I thought that they were going to get captured in our 
recording of the thing. So I didn't have to do that embarrassing thing where it was like, what's your name again for the third time? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I will get to hear I'll get to hear the recording. And I know it's going to be in there because I think it's at we think it's at where Schneffer, right? Yes. We were talking about yes. this yesterday. So, yes, we met you and your friend. We a, chatted. A couple of we times. Kept, we kept running we, into you. Yeah, you were. Oh, yeah, we butted into you. It was always pleasant. Always great talking to you. So, um, if you are a listener now, if that was and you, now you're not a listener because you're like these rude assholes, send us a note and say hi and give us your give us a fake name so you can like punk us out. During the panel, he did answer a question, but Caleb was preoccupied by what he was eating, and Panera. so he didn't get the name. I, I just want to call him Panera. <laughs> okay, from now on, you're Panera Wear Schnepper. Uh, Panera Wear Schnepper. Uh, so, um, so anyway, uh, let's see here. Shout out to Toy Dojo and Agabus because I always buy stuff from you. And Agabus, especially this year, because I've never bought anything actually from Agabus until this year. I always buy from Toy Dojo. And Agabus was cool because I was uh, trying to decide if I wanted to buy this Masterpiece 6 shot. And I, because I have a Masterpiece 6 shot, but I don't, mm-hmm. I have the DX9, not the fans toys. Not the fans toys looks better to me in pictures. And I was like, I wanted to get close to it. I was going back and forth. I just happened to be over there. Diecast was over there. He was actually kind of goading me to like, just buy it, whatever. And mm-hmm. somehow or another, they are, one of the dudes working the booth overheard me, broke open a case, the case, cause it was oh, yeah. on display and I let me fuck with it, you know, right there. Impose it. Fuck with it. Po- uh, yeah, they put my pose back in the case. Look mm-hmm. at me. Mur, mur, mur. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, I ended up buying it because I'm a fucking sucker. My I... current DX96 shot is now up on eBay. If Go check it out. Hit me up for that one. I did like walking through the dealer room with you, Aaron, because um, I all I know uh, is the G1 movie mostly and the cartoon series in a limited like le- much more limited way and walking through the showroom just the the conversations you would spark up with people oh, yeah. and also i'm a big introvert i'm not very good i like have to plan out conversations before i have them and so listening to you ask questions that i'm like oh that's a question i would like to know the answer to <laughs> and just the question did not occur to me to ask because i'm so inside my own head of like what is this, what does this person think about me or like i don't want to look like a dickhead it, it is fun to go i really enjoy going around with aaron at those shows yeah he makes an effort to explain stuff to us too it's almost like uh he's a it's almost like you're I'm like a curator a, yeah you're you're like a docent at a museum you're like you know <laughs> you're putting the same enthusiasm into a, 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 a transformers toy that, that you would into like a a, a ming vase <laughs> yeah it's great well, i'm happy that you guys don't mind listening because it is sort of like what that kind of like if you were a Picasso nutball, and you walk into a museum and know all the knowledge. Oh, this is the blue period, and whatever. Yeah. And you're and so. I will admit, though, there was a couple of times <clears> there <throat> that I was standing next to a guy and he'd be like, "Yeah, this figure. What? Do you, it's like, yeah, I can't believe they did that thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know, right?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I did do that too. Where I'm like, nerds that just oh, right? they assume yeah, yeah. that you know everything oh, yeah. they know. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, and I've got one more. And I did ever note this couple's name. Shout out to Shane and Rebecca, who, Ryan, I don't know if you'll remember this. Oh, no. What did we do with them? (laughs) A nice couple. They were a really nice couple from Pennsylvania. 
who uh, they live a seductive life of D and D, and I mean that very literally. Do you, is this ringing any bells for you? Uh, nope. Oh my god. Okay. A seductive. They're life now. They're actually on, uh, on our Facebook now. But uh, no, we talked to them for like thirty minutes. What uh, day was this? I, this was Sunday. Oh, <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, well. The lost Sunday for some. But we talked to them for a long time. We ended up giving them a poster, and um, in return. They pledge to send us. They say that these Pennsylvania uh, barbecue chips are the best barbecue chips. That's right. Uh, in all to- in in the country, and so I said, "You got to send us a case." Addresses on the t- I wrote the address on a sharpie on the tube. I was like, "Send us that shit." That's right. That's so right. when you send us that shit, we'll eat it on air and we'll tell you what we think of your barbecue chips. I think people love to hear people eating things on air. <laughs> ASMR, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do the crinkly part of the bag and the crunchy no, and no. juicy part of our saliva. I don't think you quite oh, understand. We're trying the chips now. Yeah. <laughs> these little chips. Nyum. Nyum. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I think that's we it. Did, did we get them all, <laughs> guys? This is kind of going to be a long one because we just—I mean, this is the first time we've met. Well, we got to do this getting, con thing. Getting back at the con. Yeah. Con uh, any favorite memories you guys want to cover? I've got a few. Okay. You go go ahead. Here, I'll do one, then you do one. Uh, here's a favorite memory of mine. Uh, I did the podcasters panel on Sunday. I jumped on late, though. I jumped on with like maybe 15 minutes left. Yeah, you came up there like a rock star. Where you're like, hey, everybody, this I did ex- smoke effects. I did accidentally go up there. Still, I didn't mean to do this. I still had a cocktail with me. I had a, a glass of the of the Woodford Reserve. And uh, I became very self-conscious about it. I called it apple juice. You fucking Elvis Presley coming juice. up here is like, oh, I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> so you just ended up just calling more attention. To yes, it. I did. Yeah. And But from up there, I saw Ryan fall asleep in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I wasn't sure he did it until later. I saw his head down. I thought maybe he was texting. I couldn't see nope. his arms. But um, but I was told uh, by Melvar, who was in the audience, oh, that managed good. to he get a glance at him. He goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he told you he saw you. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, so that was a pretty fun. Listen, memory. really, Ryan, I, I'm curious to know what he remembers from Sunday. He did. I don't think you ate breakfast. I feel like when you don't eat and you were drunk the night before, and then you continue drinking the next day, it's like all the oh, alcohol yeah. you drank from the day before reactivates. I have discovered that as well. It's one of my alcoholist tacks now. Um, <laughs> I definitely need to eat if I got drunk the night before, um, before like doing anything else. Because if I start drinking again, it's going to... Amp- you may have listened to our last episode <laughs> where I couldn't figure out if we were on script deviations or rate the scheme. It was That was that situation. Yeah. The, uh, y- yeah, you fell out of bar chairs. I mean, you and I were drinking all day. I started yes. drinking at breakfast, but I had breakfast. I had a nice little I had coffee. a Bloody Mary. That's, there's like <laughs> fucking tomatoes there's in calories. it. calories. Uh, so there was breakfast. Uh, and then we had a couple cocktails just through the morning. And I think we came up and had a cocktail, chatted some people at the bar. You fell out of the chair at that point, And I had to like catch you from hitting the ground. And then we went back up and then you were like getting a little wobbly. So I was starting to keep an eye on you. And, uh, then we came back down after sort of the, the podcasters panel. Mm-hmm. I went in and saw the kind of closing ceremony where they were like, we're going to Orlando. And uh, I saw that too. Okay. You did, I, right? pictures. No, I remember. But then from that point, we went back to the bar. Met yeah. up with a few people. You fell out of the chair again. We were waiting for Wes to show up. <laughs> we were waiting for my girlfriend, and um, she was 
not happy with the state that I was in, which is understandable because I've been like, I texted her, I was like, hey, come back to the hotel, we'll go get some food. She comes back to the hotel, Aaron has forced me to eat chicken wings because I had not yes. eaten like all day. Right. And um, I, she, I don't remember, the, this, there's this gap in my memory where basically uh, we went back to our, Wes and I went back to our hotel room and I was like, I need you to forgive me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, and also you couldn't articulate. So yes. she was not mad at you necessarily because you were drunk. Although I think that that probably amped the, her annoyance. She was mad because in her head, you had said, come back and we're going to eat. Yes. And by the time she came back, uh, what we you were, were basically saying to her was that you've, you're you're eating. You're, you've eaten. <laughs> but, what, oh, what, but what you couldn't say was that it was just a little nibble. We can right. still have dinner. And you never could get, you never figured out how to say that. And so she thought you invited her back for dinner, but then ate dinner before she got back. Right, right. That <laughs> Drunk makes, stuff. That makes a lot of sense now. Oh, uh, uh, for those of you that are wondering, where's Caleb? <laughs> That's right. Where was Caleb? He escaped. I left early. I flew home su uh, Sunday morning. That's right. And most of, half of Saturday, you went actually went and did the cultural shit. Yep. I went to the city. Yeah, you I went to it. the happiest place on earth, the Holocaust Museum. Yeah, you and Andy and my and Wes went. Yeah, yeah, we did. It she was... brought back a really depressing uh, identity card yeah. <laughs> that was talking yeah. about some... Yeah, well, they used real people. Yes. I know. That's yeah. what made it so sad. Yes. Yeah. yeah, anyway, that's what I did. Gotcha. One other, I almost forgot this, and Ryan, you, I'm assuming you passed out at some point. I came up and, to check on you in your room, and you were still a little loosey. I actually sobered up pretty like oh, well after that. Like, yeah, Wes and I were up for a couple hours after that. So it's weird. I, my my drunkenness goes in waves where, like, I'll be super drunk, like, at the bar, and then, like, an hour later when I was up in the room with Wes, I was, like, could see myself acting in this ridiculous fashion mm -hmm. <laughs> and was, like... Oh, okay. I got it under control again now. Oh, I did forget to say, before that happened, though, uh, I ordered room service for West and fell against the door and uh, broke my glasses that I had to super glue back together. <laughs> How'd you fall against the door? I opened it and just put it in my face. <laughs> there were all kinds of hijinks. Somewhere around 11 o'clock, we went to your room and we started drinking gin on the rocks. Yes. And oh. you went 11 a.m. You went to go get ice. You came back in the room, and I don't know if you tripped or what, but the whole ice, you, yes, yes. you dumped the whole ice bucket on the Against ground. the wall. <laughs> and, but then, we, then I think we went back out in the world, came back to your room for a second. I think we dropped off some stuff that we bought or something. Some toys, yeah. And then, and then we were leaving, and you, <laughs> you rammed your shoulder into the wall, and you had a drink in your hand, and it just went flying out of your hand. <laughs> 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 there was so much. I've never heard. <laughs> it was I, so wacky. I don't remember Ryan normally being this accident prone when he's drunk. It's more like the other I, way around. Honestly, it's true. I, I have gotten, I have some vertigo issues under the best of terms nowadays. And so I think I need to see a neurologist. <laughs> I'm laughing, but that's not funny. <laughs> uh, one thing you missed is that I did end up going back downstairs at a certain point and hanging out with TFCon folks again, mostly. But also Aaron Archer, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he is like been he was a creative at Hasbro for probably two decades if not longer and he was down there and I I brought it but I'm not gonna get up and go show it to you I'll show it to you guys later but I, he just is handing out original art so I've got this wow. awesome uh, I can't tell if it's watercolor or marker art but he was kind of a 
a creative lead. He worked on like the Armada years, like that that era, but uh, like with the toy making and also the licensing. He was in charge of a lot of the licensing. But so he was kind of this interesting business slash creative hybrid that was there and but worked on a lot of the innovation. And he was a super hilarious guy. He's just a funny guy to be around. And so oh, nice. I'll probably reach out to him at some point because I felt like I felt like a click. Mm-hmm. We clicked up. Yeah, you we, guys we, we, we didn't be friends. Uh, we're actually going to have a podcast together. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll edit that. Okay, so to close up the TF God, I'll edit the video in segments. I think we'll send it out to the Patreons first. Let them get a, a weak taste of each one before it goes out to mass population. And uh, so look for that soon. Oh, I, I anything just, else? Uh, yeah, just one thing. I actually, uncharacteristically, I usually don't buy toys, but I, I actually did get a toy haul this year. I bought G1, Perceptor, uh, Blaster, Skyfire. I bought all the Terracons that make Abominus. I had a bunch of them when How I was much? a kid. That was 100 bucks, right? Uh, I think 90 I was, I was you like, negotiated. I did. I was like, how about 80 And he was yeah. like, it's complete except for Ripper Snapper's gun. Everything else is complete. Um, and then I bought uh, the 1983 Bug Bite VW Beetle GoBot, mm-hmm. which is the weirdest looking fucking thing yeah. I've ever did see. I had it as a kid. He was my Bumblebee stand-in. It is confusing because there is a connection between Bumblebee and this guy. Oh, really? Well, because Hasbro owns Tonka, but Bandai still owns the original toy molds for GoBots, which is why there aren't really any GoBot re-releases. Um, apparently, yeah, there was some Japanese bug... Bite, who was a white version of Bumblebee. It's very confusing. I don't know, but yeah, it's in there. And then I also bought the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman figure, which was a big statue for West. No, that's a really cool, cool piece. All the people at the various... I wish I had all my business cards I took on me at the various little G1 original toy dealers. Really fun to talk to. Uh, Caleb, did you get anything? Did you buy anything there? No, I Good almost... Good for you. Good I, for you. I came really close. I almost bought a, um, like a little Japanese dice show, uh, like samurai character that transforms into a toilet. Oh, yeah. That, yeah I, I, I wanted is, it I think so I bad. What that's called? Yeah, I was going to look it up on the internet, but I don't uh, have Wi-Fi right Dirty now. Man. Dirty, it's called Dirty Man. Mm-hmm. I, I forget the company. It's called Toy something. It, it is a cool looking piece. I don't know if I could spend $100 on a toilet. Is that what it was? It was 80 yeah. bucks. I'm rounding up, I guess. I bought, uh, while he's looking that up, I bought the Fans Toys 6-Shot DX9 on eBay. Look it up or hit me up. Slide into our APDC DMs. And I also purchased all those Iron Factory Decepticon Justice League figures. There's four of them out, one more to come. I got all four of them. It was kind of fun because not every store had all of them. So I was... It forced me to jump around, which is where I uh, hit the Agabus. And a lady there liked my beard. Very much. Yeah. Like, she I was, was very into your, your facial grooming. <laughs> she was. And then I, I found out that there's, like, a flat iron involved in your... In your... No, not in mine. She said... Oh, <laughs> you iron she, your beard? No, no. I do blow dry it. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, she, but looked, she, she said, said that there yeah. are people who have... There are beard flat irons that you Weird. can use. Oh, by the way, the toy's from a brand called Toy Wolf. There's a there's a gold one and a white porcelain one, and they're the toilets that transform into these these like Edo period Japanese daishos. And they are really, really cool. badass. And each, I think both of those are different molds. I think each one looks very different. They're different has, characters for yeah. sure. I anyway, that's the only one, that's the only thing that really interested me to buy, and I I came very close and I talked myself out of it. Oof. But if any of the listeners, they come out, with little dookies. 
They come with little dookies. Like they come with like little scrolls and fans, and, mm-hmm. to- and there's like, like little toilet paper. And um, if any fans out there want to buy me one, just send it my way. <laughs> All right. We'll put it on uh, the APDC wish list. There you like go. like what we, like oh, what escorts should, uh, and cam girls. Yes, and, we should and, have uh, an Amazon wish list. Like, I'll, uh, if you if you buy it for me, I'll say your name on an episode. <laughs> What a what a treat uh, <laughs> for you, I'm the jealous. buyer of this item. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, all right, that was TFCon. Um, so, based on what Caleb said, a perfect transition to Patreon. A reminder uh, to those who like what we do and would love to chuck some some uh, rubles or toilet transformer figures <laughs> our way. Uh, we're on Patreon. There's several tiers of support you can choose based on how down to clown you are. Uh, rewards include early access to some of our recordings, and we'll have the TFCon recording soon, and various levels of APDC swag. And which... we know we owe a bunch of you guys thank you cards once. Since TFCon is done, we're going to send those out as soon as we can. Yeah, frankly, in the afterglow of TFCon, we've not been the best at keeping up on Patreon. But but you all know, because we have kept up with you, APDC pins are in the works. Poster is done, or they're not in the yeah, works. They're, the they're pins are they're done. done. <laughs> wrap the wrap up, that wrap that one up. The poster's done. So there's a couple other items that we would want, like for the booty box. So hopefully we should have all of the goods ready by the time mm-hmm. the six month mark hits, and you and the, the official qualification for the booty box goes down. Yeah. We'll be able to ship it out. You're so get some uh, cool stuff. Hell I think so. Yeah. So if you aren't on that, are interested in being a part of our little uh, Patreon community, Patreon.com/slash/apod. Decast. <laughs> you said it so hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm still not quite sure. I'm saying it right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Oh, I mean, you can Google it too and find it. Whatever. Are you... All right. A few more shouts out. Speaking of Patreon, uh, we have to fulfill our obligation yes. to uh, call out our newest patrons who will be included for time eternal uh, into the the APDC Hall of Heroes. We need to, my dear boy. That, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We're a few weeks behind on that. We aren't good, but we had. TFCon, that's our excuse. Uh, Jonathan Maples, a.k.a. John Maples, who is originally from Sedalia, Missouri. I hope he's not, doesn't mind me saying, not too far from our neck. Here's his address. (laughs) So his claim to fame, in my opinion, is his, he has a giant family and uh, six beautiful kids. He has been enjoying Transformers since age 10, and his first Transformers were Skywarp and Red Alert, and they have been his favorites ever since. I salute you, Mr. Maples. I think there is something to your first Transformer, like mm-hmm. always kind of sticking with you and being your favorite. What was your first Transformer? Soundwave. And he's probably uh, your favorite? I can't, no, my first one was Huffer. Oh, he the one that you left in the yard for I, years. I was little. I lost it in the yard. Okay, that theory doesn't work for you. <laughs> no, it was that was an accident. What was yours? I think it was Prime. I think I got Prime. him at a at a garage sale. Most of my Transformers, aside from birthday gifts, I got at garage sales. Was he your favorite? Yeah, okay. uh, I would say. Uh, I also love Prowl, although I never had him as a toy. But like he was, uh, I think Prime was my favorite toy. I might have said this before, but I was really excited to get uh, Soundwave because. I thought I thought he was a playable cassette player. Oh, that's right. I thought it could, I thought he. So you thought you'd have a walk. And, and and I I was bummed a little bit, but I got over. I I was at the age where I like, eh, I got over it really fast, and he right. was. I still really enjoyed. Playing he transformed. Him. That was yeah, pretty cool. He was, was badass looking. You know? <laughs> right. Soundwave was a really good G one yes, toy. Among yes. the best. I guess I guess what he was saying connected with me. My first one was Blue Streak, which is a pretty 
nondescript character, kind of like Skywarp and Red Alert. Like, I don't think he ever had a feature episode. He was always in the background. Like, I think even Skywarp and Red Alert had features, but... But he's yeah. in the ones today, but but just as he doesn't really, they never focused on it, but I always <clears throat> loved him and I right. still love him and I kind of collect blue streaks a little bit because of it. So whatever. All right. Maybe we're, <laughs> maybe we're weirdos, Jonathan. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for, for uh, playing with us on the Patreon here. Um, next up is Justin Rupert, aka Justin Rupert. His, <laughs> his, he keeps his he keeps his socials private, so I won't put those out there unless he's cool with it. But um, he is a Kansan, so he's a shout out to the Midwest. Uh, wow, up in here. Yeah. Um, he is also a collector. When we were chatting in the Patreon online, he had just gotten Fans Toys spoiler, which I now have. It's a great figure. I'm curious how you if you got that Fans Toys blur by any chance, Justin. His claim to fame is this video. Yeah. get that last reference uh, i'll eat all right beneath the light of the china star <laughs> it's, a no? brooks and, it's a brooks and dunn reference nice I didn't know <laughs> that. okay a, I, i'll have to hand it to the guy it's like it's corny it's but, hilarious but it's but at the same time it's not too much of an exaggeration <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> it's kind of on point i remember when i he first sent the link and i first started watching it i was like uh oh, this this might, I know this I, might get racist, it but it's not. not. It's <laughs> just it's just <laughs> actually sweet. It's sweet, <laughs> big boy that likes to eat China, uh, China China star. That's right, and and I mean at the end of the day, I'm I'm ninety percent positive that China star is probably owned by an Asian family. Uh, I'm sure. and, and so they signed off on well, all around this. here <laughs> for, for, for those listeners that that are obviously not in Southwest Missouri. The Southwest Missouri has a big thing called cashew chicken. Mm-hmm. And, oh yes. And it's, it's Well, Springfield specifically. Springfield, Missouri specifically. And all it is is fried chicken nuggets in oyster sauce. Yeah. With uh like uh green onion and, and cashews. cashews. And, and it's it's really when you get right down to it, it's not Chinese at all. No. Like like the Chinese Or good. No, but it, but there's a special <laughs> Hang on, I'll fight you. That <laughs> right. I'm a general chicken guy myself. I, I general chicken is my jam. But there's like around here when you eat at a Chinese restaurant, yes, it is usually Asian-owned, uh, but the food that they're serving is they have basically developed a menu that that white people will eat. We so I, think, I think most popular Chinese yeah. restaurant or yeah. most Chinese restaurants, period, we, are, no, all, are not. No, when I see there's them, nothing off. I mean, China is a giant country. Often sure. when I see their their employees on break eating something, they're eating something much healthier usually. <laughs> and it's like something that's off menu, and I really would like to sometimes say, hey, you know. I, what do you got off menu that's like? I, just, I'd like some more vegetables, please. Yeah, and they probably look at me like it's all broccoli. <laughs> but uh, no, oh, they're eating like kimchi. Uh, not kimchi. They're eating like no. I meant like what you get with cashew chicken is usually broccoli, and then you get it's just rice care. and chicken. But also you don't like get broccoli and cashew chicken. Oh well, gen- I guess I'm thinking general chicken. general chicken. I usually get broccoli with it. But um, also, if you go to like St. Louis, you will see on certain menus Springfield style cashew Springfield chicken. Style. Yeah. It's yeah. gotten a little outside the perimeter of yeah. of uh, our area, but it is very specific. So that guy, 
uh, is responsible for making those those local advertisements. So correct. Yeah. We got to put a link out there because they're really yeah, funny. We will put a link out there and, and on, we'll play the audio. And they're on fucking point. And 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 true to life. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like they had their demographic lock. I think uh, we talked a little bit about. TF Expo, which he goes to, which is something we should do. It's a KC, the KC uh, yeah. okay. uh, con, and it might be something worth investigating. Maybe we could uh, test some material out there or use the material we've just, already done. Let's just rehash everything we've done. Yeah. Let's rehash that shit. I, I was care. thinking if yeah. we do another one, if they do come, if TF Con does come back to Chicago next October, if we do decide to go and do another one, I'm like, I'm, I don't know what script deviations I'm going to do. We're kinda, or, yeah, we're kind of out of stuff. I'm and like, I'm going to start over. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Melody and I are talking about going to Orlando. Well, how about fuck you? Fuck you. <laughs> I, uh, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I, I probably will not be going to Orlando. Uh, we are going on a Disney cruise in February. Oh, fun! Yeah. Hey, you... should we get into the episode? Oh, for but one thing I do want to say, Caleb, thank you for the uh, the. The Alamo Draft House. Happy birthday. Oh, birthday. yeah. Ryan's birthday we is Halloween. That. That's true. Yeah, you're right. I got Ryan three what, and you got him a forty dollars gift certificate to Alamo Draft House. Did you Did you get the email for what I got you? He got you a forty one dollars <laughs> <laughs> Draft House card. I actually meant to do it. So I, I uh, fucking forgot. I, oh. oh, that's funny. You couldn't even You couldn't even do the joke. I know. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm a loser, Ryan. I still owe you a gift. I'm just pulling. That's it. fine. I'm, I'm pulling a jet. For, yes, first of all, mine was like four months later. That I does decided remind to get me. The last three you, you years owe, have been four months later. You do later. owe me $10 from TSA. It's true. It's true. I owe you $10, Caleb. Yes. <laughs> Take him to a movie. <laughs> I should have just got him a $30 gift. That's right. To Alamo, and then we'd be square. Exactly. Ryan, you went to New York after TFCon. This was an extended vacation for you. It was, yes. After uh, after TFCon, on Monday, the twenty, the October 28th, wet, my, my girlfriend Wes and I flew to New York City. First, um, first class. We did. We flew United first class. Which like X Men? Is that like? And how long first was class? that flight from DC to New York? About an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, that's longer than I thought. It's an, it was enough for uh, two snacks and two gins. Nice. So, yeah, I honestly, it's ridiculous. Like flying first class is so much like. Oh my god, I'm so better than these fucking people. Yeah. It's it's so nice. Like, Do you get that ego rush for real when people are walking by? No. That they kind of hope they think you're the type of person that's always in first class. Yeah, he's special. No, 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 I just the, I get it. I do. I get it for real. I don't, I don't but I just I, honestly the service is what I like. Like before we even take as soon as we sat down, she's like, "Do you want something to drink?" Yeah. Boom. And then she brought like the the, the snacks and then also like uh, would you like another drink and also calls you by name. Yeah. It's just everything. You were, you're also you were also dressed for first class, I'm sure, right? It's true. I wore I, my you new a, suit. You had a bow yeah. tie on. Mm-hmm. Well, not for that. But, uh, but I did wear a bow tie at TFCon. Yeah. I think it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so yeah, you you were actually uh, as a, as opposed to most people, you were probably Dressed appropriately for first class. I was dressed the way you would dress in the 60s if you were going to fly, yes. basically. Do you think that... I, 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 I've i noticed this. I'm curious if you guys notice this. I legitimately think that they have uh, the more physically attractive flight attendants working first class. I, I would agree. I think they put them up there on purpose. Interesting. I think our, it's a strategy. Our, our flight attendant was very attractive. 
All right. Well, I will say when I two, we're two out of three. I flew Lufthansa. Uh, uh, what was this like? Humble bragging. <laughs> but I, flew, I know. Is this relatable? Did you commit a, you commit flew, a heist first? I flew. Yeah. Right. I flew first class in Europe once, and those flight attendants are amazing. Mm -hmm. Not because they're just attractive, but also because they speak like five or six languages. Oh, yeah. They can just immediately. Oh, it was, this it was incredible. Was another thing that we noticed, like I've noticed before, but was reminded just walking through the airports. All the Asian airlines, their um, their uniforms are amazing. Yeah, they're like very. I don't think I've noticed. They're that just dramatic seen. and very cool. Like they're, they're very cool. They're on point. I bet you uh, international uh, attendants get paid better. I mean, for one, I would think it has to. I mean, to. You, you have more hard skills if you know all these languages yeah. and uh, all of yeah. that. And you're more potter and hotter people obviously get paid more. Uh, it's actually it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not that's there's a, I mean, it's not a glass good, ceiling on ugliness. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, a lot of this. Uh, I'll just run down what we did just real quick. Yeah, um, New York. A lot, a lot of it's going to sound like a food tour, but there. I mean, there was a lot of food I wanted to eat in New York. So have you guys heard of a chopped cheese? I was hoping you were going to be like. Uh, cashew chicken. I do. <laughs> I did not see any cashew chicken. Uh, what hot cheese? Chopped cheese. Chopped cheese or no. chopped cheese? Yeah. What is it? It is. Uh, it, it's a sandwich that kind of arose in the '90s. It's a New York, basically, invention. Um, it's found in bodegas throughout the Bronx and Harlem, and it's made on the grill with ground beef, onions, top of melted cheese, and served with lettuce, tomatoes on a hero roll. And it is uh, so like. Gross good. Did you mention the ethnicity, or is it American? Or oh yeah, it's it, it, it originated Sorry. in New York City, gotcha. in Harlem. All right. Yeah. Um, then Aaron, you and I talked about on the way up here. We, I had the fried dumpling oh, in Chinatown. What's the name of that place? Fried fried dumpling. dumpling. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hole in the wall. It's just like big enough for like five people. You just walk in. It's all cash. I think I gave her like ten bucks, and she gave us like twenty dumplings. Um, and then uh, we went to uh, Beetlejuice on Broadway. And it was? It was great. It was oh. amazing. It was <laughs> on the, 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 the Winter Garden Theater. Um, the story was a little different in that they had, like, one. I, the, the difference of it was I they had Lydia trying to contact her dead mom. Mm -hmm. And, like, in the movie, I don't think that's evident that I think it's, I think that Catherine O'Hara is supposed to be her mom, but in the, in the play, it was, uh, you know, he, she, her stepmom. And, and we so, were talking about this. I I get stepmom vibes off of Catherine O'Hara the, the, as the character, but I'd have to go back and validate that. Yeah. Because um, there's never a you're not my mom type moment, but it's the way they treat each other. And there has to be something that spurs that sort of gothy direction, I would think. And maybe the death of a mom would get you there. Sure. Right? Maybe, it, maybe it was a edited script or something. I, maybe. I maybe. I think it'd be more likely it was an edited script. Ron Friedman wrote the first draft. <laughs> Tim Burton cleaned it up, took all the credit. That's not true, is it? No. <laughs> there is a that joke. I also do like the show. The guy who played Beetlejuice, I, I don't have his name in front of me currently, but he was amazing. Like, there's a lot of... It's all breaking the fourth wall when Beetlejuice is talking. And he made, like, in the opening number, a joke about how everybody's paying $50 for wine, and I had paid $35 for a cup of gin. Jesus. Yeah. Barton's, holy! I think it was Hendrix. Shit. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I so I, that happened. When I saw Book of Mormon. It, that's how it was. It was. I had Bud Lights that were like eighteen dollars. Good God! Mm-hmm. 
Um, then uh, we had a uh, we went to Sylvia's in Harlem, which is a soul food place that's been open since 1962. It's very it was that was amazing. I had the fried chicken and uh, the like collard greens, and it was so good. Um, then we went to Museum of Natural History, which is uh, 150 years old this year. Saw the Dark Universe show. Uh, we went to a haunted house that was a little disappointing, but it's just because it was so short. We only saw one real ghost. <laughs> there weren't even any dead bodies on the floor. Uh, oh, and then, <laughs> that was weird. That was a <laughs> that was weird really thing. Weird. That was a weird thing to say. Um, and then, uh, the, on the way out, on the day we flew out, we had lunch at Sarge's Deli, which is a classic, like, Jewish deli from, uh, been open since the 60s, um, which gives you, like, pickle and coleslaw for, like, a, a mousse-bouche. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the pastrami and matzo ball soup, and the matzo ball soup is fucking amazing. I've never had like the broth that was so like the, as good as it was. And then West had the bagels and locks. What mm-hmm. drives the flavor of the broth? Bones. But I mean, is it chicken or beef? Or it was chicken. Okay, I think I'm gonna guess it's not pork. No. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's my food tour of New York, and it was great. We came back on Thursday, Halloween, uh, my birthday, and we got back at like 10.30. And it was, I'm, I haven't really caught up with myself since. What hotel did you stay in? Where'd you stay? Uh, we stayed at the Sonder, the Nash, which is like, it's basically, it was in Midtown, um, okay. Manhattan. Okay. And um, it was like an apartment that also has rentals. Okay. So, was this an Airbnb situation? Nope. It was okay. through work because I get reimbursed. Gotcha. Well, sweet man, I love New York. I've only been there once. I want to go and spend. Yeah, time. West says she preferred Chicago, and I'm like, you're dumb. Yeah, I, I like I Chicago too. Chicago's fine, but I'm like, I don't know what. I, yeah, I don't. I There's an energy to New York. I think she's just trying to be contrary. <laughs> Maybe so. What's up with that? I'll have to go and give her a spanking tongue. Left. Oh. I think what both of you were you going to say tongue lashing? I was going to say tongue lashing. <laughs> we did have we West and I did have sex scheduled tomorrow. Oh, so okay, so that's well, happening. I, I haven't jerked off since we left for TFCon. So I'm old, dumb, and full of cum. She shouldn't just let you do okay. it in front of her in the room. <laughs> yeah, she would. Oh, okay, all right, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, I'd be like, take them out. Honestly, that's fairly. And I'm gonna do it standard. I would I'm think. Gonna put it on your boobs. <laughs> But she's uh, like, but she's like, I'm. No, you're not. I'm not taking this shirt off. What is this? What, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's weird. get into the episode. Oh, uh, so are we still doing a show? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Other things to do than talk about how awesome we are and how mm. good a time we had on our fabulous vacation. I'll... Um. Okay. So last episode recap, we met. The most compelling of Wheeljack's creations, the Dinobots. Yep. You know, they're they're pretty violent, but also pretty handy to have around when you, uh, you know, being Dinobots, they're tough and dumb, and and you know, they get the job done. They're good for your entourage, especially when you're wrapped up in Energon chains. Yeah, I mean, they fucking save the day. Like uh, in a couple episodes, we'll see. They fucking save the well, they wreck the day and then save it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're finally going to cover Transformers Episode 9, Fire on the Mountain. I don't remember this episode at all. No, oh, really? Um, no. I don't remember it much either, now that you bring it up. Um, well, hold on to your seats. It's going to open up here, uh, gents, <sighs> and they're really switching things up here. <laughs> Neat! Because... A fucking... <laughs> because we're opening up on the perimeter of not a of a power plant, not a power plant, but a steel smelting plant Fucking factory. that looks like it is a factory. At the end of the day, we're gonna we're gonna call it the same as it's always been. Their factories have everything's made out of metal, even the ground. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, Trailbreaker and Braun just are there for some reason. It's so weird. (laughs) I'll I'll just say up top, this episode is fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like it was written... I'll get into it later. Anyway, but it's very strange. It's not good. (laughs) It's... You know, it's not my favorite. The next one is is actually a lot of fun. Oh. I do like the next one a lot. <laughs> so look forward to that in two weeks. <laughs> the one we like. Hey, whatever you're doing, hit stop. <laughs> Come back in two weeks. Um, so they're cruising the perimeter. They see some familiar looking jets up in the sky here. Mm-hmm. And it's just the Thundercracker and Starscream. They just happen to be there in the same place as these guys. They don't make it seem like they were tracking no. them. No. It's a pure coincidence that, that they're, they're at the same place at the <laughs> same time. Traveling in the same direction. Trailbreaker and Bronner just visiting Steel Town. What is that? Pittsburgh? <laughs> Pittsburgh. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, so Thundercracker and Starscream, they trans- Detroit. <laughs> yeah, well, I save that for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thundercracker and Starscream transform and land. Turns out they're here to steal the steel. That is at, the, at least twice they make that pun, <laughs> that homonym pun. <laughs> yeah, homo pun. Ooh, pun-a-nym? Like we'll it. come back to it. Mm-hmm. Thundercracker tells Starscream that the steel looks kind of weak, but Starscream is the boss bitch of this operation, and he commands them to just fucking shut up and take the damn steel and move <laughs> on. Uh, but we know the Autobots aren't going to let him go out like that. Uh, they confront the Decepticons, but Starscream opens up his chest, fires some missiles at the I do Autobots. like the missiles. Like, no, it's a cool feature. I thought that the missile titties were pretty cool. Um, are there any figures like Hasbro or Third Party that have those? Uh, yes, the Masterpiece Seekers all have a flip-up. The missiles don't come out of them, but you flip up their, their bosom and uh, you can see like the head of some missiles. There, I know there were which some... Which is what happens here, right? Yep, that. Yeah, so that's I what knew... it looks like. That. Okay. Uh, but they don't come out or anything. I knew there were some, like, I think it's the Siege uh, line where there's turbines where their boobs will be, and some people mm-hmm. don't like that. Yeah, I'm I, fine with I it. like it. I like Those it are based on the Cybertronian modes anyway, yeah. so they can S-A-D, if you oh, know what I mean. I did, speaking of the Seekers, I did think I crystallized why I have so much trouble keeping Thundercracker and Skywarp straight. Yeah. And I think Thundercracker, to me, sounds like a purple word, <laughs> and Skywarp sounds like a blue name to me. Interesting, yeah. Huh. No, I agree with you there. Wow. Yeah. I don't have that problem. I, well, it's I'm not uh, a dumb... synesthesia. I don't have that, but that's what that is whenever you, like... <laughs> you want to get her to call him a dumbass. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I messed up your insult. <laughs> So you don't have the synesthesia where you like taste colors or s- right. smell colors. So I associate colors with numbers. It's true, Caleb. Like, yeah, that, and there's some people who hear music as colors as well. I didn't realize you guys needed to be committed. Well, anybody, all right. that's, anybody that's listened to this thing long enough knows that we definitely need to be committed. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly some mental health issues. Yeah, <laughs> all around. Uh, attention-seeking ones as well. So uh, the uh, so the Autobots take them them titty missiles all up in their faces. The explosion of the factory is pretty cool. Honestly, I think the animation and the modeling in this episode is good. It's reminiscent I of I think episode two of uh, the show. Like, there's a lot of great dramatic angles and just some really good, some good drawings. I will agree. I say I will say the blocking's a little weird. Like, we'll see in a second. Like, where everyone is in the frame is strange, and, like, there's a lot of moving behind the back of another character for mm-hmm. someone to move in front, which I guess is dynamic, but it's it's a little confusing, because everything happens in yeah. a mid-shot. I gotcha, yeah. It's like Michael it's Bay a, yeah. used this to make the movie. Yeah. 
this is the one episode he saw, and he's like, "What? Why is everybody so mad? I'm homaging <laughs> what you love, right?" Uh, so the Autobots are stunned from that explosion, and um, it gives the opportunity for Starscream uh, and them to uh, to uh, take, take the off. steel. And at first, I was like. They're there for six beams of steel, but I guess we find out later that really that they they probably had more than enough for what they were trying to. It accomplish. was a small object. So uh, we we now go to uh, Autobot headquarters, where Prime seems very perplexed, confused. <laughs> it is the most mysterious thing in the world. Why would they take metal? <laughs> what use does this element have? Do you have any ideas, Bumblebee? And then he goes to Bumblebee. <laughs> so cool. And it really seems like Spike has like done some Lynda.com uh, classes. He's really upped his like game here, where Spike yeah. now knows how to use Teletran 1. I like how that's not Prime's first idea, mm-hmm. but it takes three people to get to Spike and be like, maybe we should <laughs> engage our all-knowing computer. Launch that Sky Spy. So they launch the Sky Spy, flies out of the volcano, goes up into space. Immediately. And it's so fast. Yeah, yeah. It's a that's true. Pretty good little uh, pretty good little tool. Yeah. Oh god. We go back to the cons. They're on the grounds of an ancient Incan temple, which apparently uh that temple is drilled all the way down into Earth's core, but the but the power of Earth's core is blocked by a crystal Again, of power. Again, we have a crystal that looks almost exactly like the last Skyfire episode we had, mm-hmm. which is just a big-ass green crystal. Yeah, it's another crystal episode and another Earth's Core episode. We're two for Holy one, baby. Holy shit, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think the last episode was also an Earth's Core episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> so and Also, we'll see this in a second, but this is a very populated area and, like, no archaeologists decided to come check out this temple. Well, it seems yeah. like the local indigenous people are aware of it. And they yeah. keep right. it in place because... They can't move it because it it, lo- it lets all that energy from the right. the core of the earth loose. I still don't understand. So we're at a scene where they pull up the cannon, which that's what Starscream stole the steel for, mm-hmm. was to construct this cannon so they could jam the crystal of power into it mm-hmm. and then thereby, you know, use it for destructive powers. Mm-hmm. But that power is now blasting out of there. I don't, doesn't I, I don't where understand it's going. It well, see, oh. the, the crystal has two purposes. Mm-hmm. It is a source of energy, but it also is helping... Block energy yeah. coming out of the Yeah, that's true. That At the end of the episode, we will see that. And I do, I'm glad you paused it here at like 3.34, because Megatron is so fucking snarky in mm-hmm. this episode. Like, he, referring to the frame Starscream made, he says, Stolen steel, I hope it is stronger than your customary resolve in battle. Don't question my strength. I hope it's stronger than your customary resolve in battle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I, when he said that. I was listening, and I went. I was listening in my headphones, and I went, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, definitely the king of the. Uh, he'd been wait. He'd been waiting to say that one for a long <laughs> yeah. time. I think. He, yeah. He also. Yeah. And the next thing, he's very sarcastic as well. Although he seems to be delivering lines that are sen- genuine. I don't. know. <laughs> At this point, Starscream places the crystal in the gun, 
or the cannon rather, which causes the magma to start blasting even more crazily from where the crystal previously sat. The gun glows brightly. It, it's a it's actually a very weird sequence. I thought that this was where the gun the cannon was gonna screw up because of the shoddy materials. Because right. the, the magma comes out, there's a big ex- crazy explosion, star screen is knocked back from the cannon. Yeah, so but it's all fine. Is, so is that yeah, so now I'm I'm wondering, does the energy source actually come yeah. up into the gun? There's too? like something mystical about it, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't it's know. It's very sure confusing. I think I think that must be what it is, is the energy source is now somehow plugged into the gun and the crystal allows it you to focus it somehow. I think I think that this is a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Alright. Alright! <laughs> and Megatron shoots that fucking Sky Spy out of the... Anyway, he's got it, and uh, what's, what's he do with it? Well, at this point, Laserbeak discovers that Sky oh, yes, Spy yes, yes, is, is around, yeah. which, uh, so Sky Spy has discovered that there's some, you know, crazy activity happening here in the in the, uh, the southern hemispheric regions, Whoa. and he, he zones in on it, he communicates to Megatron, hey, this is mm-hmm. where that Sky Spy is. And Megatron aims his new crystal-powered cannon at the satellite and blows it all the fuck. Hits Holy something shit. the size of, like, maybe his fist it's and later shot. can't hit any of the Autobots. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway. yeah, we'll definitely be revisiting that. <laughs> the locals see that explosion. They start freaking the fuck out. Some yeah. people think it's gods, but a young, level-headed lady uh, who will join who will join this adventure, yeah. she points out that it's not gods. Uh, it's the result of, uh, you know, something going on with that crystal. Yeah. Her name is Louisa. Even yeah. though it's never spoken on screen, I was gonna, I was gonna challenge you later on that one. But, oh, uh, you're I'm right. sorry. Oh no, there's no reason to apologize. <laughs> Just the next cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Megatron shoots the Sky Spy, and now his weapon is burnt out after a single shot. This is as a result I, of the shoddy materials. That I would scar- call it a little flaccid. Uh, Megatron <laughs> is very angry about this cannon being destroyed, and Starscream throws Thundercracker under the bus, even though it was yeah. Thundercracker who was like, I don't think this is going to work. This is what I'm talking about with the weird blocking, where like Thundercra- like it moves around Thundercracker's back, and then later moves around Sun... Uh, sun. Uh, sound waves back the smoking turd of a barrel. It also right kind of looks like uh, somebody left a cigarette in the ashtray too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, so St- Thundercracker's defending himself. Uh, <laughs> Megatron's like, and Megatron you. just yeah, knocks him off the temple. And uh, at this point, the rest of the cons head to a nearby mining town so they can get some more metal. Uh, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Megatron just tells like Skywarp to watch uh, Starscream and Thundercracker and make sure they don't, I guess, do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I just like the laugh that, that, that he lets out after it be, yeah. It's just nothing. He's just like... <laughs> yeah, he's happy to be in charge or, or, or at least happy to have one over on those guys. Um, so we transition... I don't know who authorized this, but Wheeljack and Sideswipe, oh boy. they're back up at the North Pole. And another place where you can hack the Earth's core, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're digging away, looking for uh, Skyfire. Skyfire. Bingo. Why didn't you guys do this before? Yeah, it like, doesn't make sense. Nope. Uh, and also, they had a fucking funeral for him. <laughs> well, he'll never be forgotten as long as freedom exists. <laughs> That's right. Which is a sentence that makes no sense. <laughs> um, but then, like, Sideswipe, referring to finding Skyfire, says, Sideswipe, he'll turn up soon. He better. Oh, 
It's cold enough to freeze the ailerons off for a titanium moose butt. Ah, uh, they're robots. <laughs> I'm gonna draw that. Do it. It'll be a big hit. Look like. So here's the skinny. They dig up Skyfire, and uh, he's alive. Mm-hmm. And say, right. and he totally can transform. He basically mm-hmm. is ready it's to fine. go. You hear the sound effect when they show the frozen? Like you hear him go. Ooh, mm. <laughs> I'm serious. Play oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you were speaking. Yeah, about. sorry. It wasn't uh, like it wasn't like. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> So, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but Wheeljack tells him to head back to Autobot Base and fly Brawn and Windcharger to the Andes. Yeah, they're going to put him right on a mission. Exactly. <laughs> well, I had a bunch of notes of, like, Skyfire doesn't know where the base is, yeah. or what the Andes are, or who Brawn or Windcharger are. Or who Wheeljack is. <laughs> Wheeljack wasn't in the last episode. <laughs> We're back in the Andes. Brawn and Windcharger, they're inside of Skyfire. They they, they they skydive out of him to engage the Decepticons. Brawn is literally riding Soundwave like a bucking Bronco. I did. I, I This is the second episode we've seen where Autobots ride Decepticons, and I'm like, I hope this becomes a thing. Yeah. I like how, I, I know it's ridiculous, I like this scene. I like how he rides and rides into like I did this. too, into the mountain? Yes. <laughs> I also like how Brawn calls Soundwave a uh, dipstick tape deck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, uh, there's a lot of great animation in this uh, piece. But yeah, so oh, you're, go ahead. No, I was just going to say where we're getting up to here, it says in the TF Wiki that Braun dodges all Megatron's hits, but in this episode that I saw on, on, on 2B TV, Braun takes a legit hit to the chest from Megatron's fusion cannon and shrugs it the fuck off and then immediately takes a headshot from Soundwave and it does nothing to him. I think that happens later in the episode, or does oh. that happen right now? Uh, well, this is where this is where Megatron calls Braun a midget. It's at 737, so yeah, he does. Uh, Megatron calls Braun a midget? He does. Yeah, he calls him a midget. Right there, wow. yeah, at 731. No, it's <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't do that. They're, they're little people. I think that's right. But Megatron was trying to be insulting. It's so true. I can see Megatron calling. See, he takes a chest shot. You're right. You're right. I was mixed up. I thought Does that happened later. Does he end up knocking Soundwave back down? Yeah. In the process. Yes. That's pretty funny. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Soundwave. On, on, that's pretty funny. He's sitting on top of Soundwave. <laughs> he is sitting. That's yes. pretty funny. At seven minutes fifty-one seconds, Braun okay. is just getting like off that. of off of Soundwave Soundwave and get, running after. So he gets run into a mountain. He tries to get back up. Megatron shoots Braun into him. Into and him. then he basically, Braun is teabagging the back of yeah, Soundwave's head. I like it. It's I all, like this all whole that. part makes no sense to me because... As, There's no reason to do this. No, because right... Yes, exactly. Because I, whenever Braun is talking to Skyfire and he says, Windcharger and I have got this... They fucking definitely don't got this. No, no. <laughs> they, 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 they have a couple cool hits that they put in, but they get overwhelmed pretty quickly. Especially yeah. when Megatron... Starts to take action, and then you. So you've got Wind Charger. They basically at this point say, uh, "Skyfire, come and pick us yeah. up." <laughs> and Wind Charger is racing. Laser Beak is chasing him. Braun is just doing whatever he can do to evade uh, Soundwave and Megatron mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, they bit off more than they can chew, and Braun. He is going to be at the top of a mountain area. Megatron transforms into his pistol mode. So, yeah. Soundwave is shooting him, holding Megatron and shooting him at yes. Braun. Braun jumps up to the top of a hill, but we go to commercial right as 
the sights of Megatron are set on Braun. This is so weird because it's like, again, I feel like this episode, it seems like they had like five pounds of episode that they tried to fit a 10 pound bag because this whole thing feels like filler. Like, yeah. because again, we'll, we'll get to this in just a second, but like Skyfire just go picks them up and they go back and get more guys. This is, right. I will say, oddly enough, this is a well-animated episode. It, it is. is. It does look good. Yeah. The, the still frames, and they do a lot of cool fully, like where the background is animated mm-hmm. as well. That's true. Type of, uh, type of shots. So the plan basically was for Braun and Windcharger to minorly inconvenience the Decepticons. Well, or, or maybe the plan was, hey, tip them off that we know that there's something going on <laughs> in, in, in the Andes there. Uh, back from commercial, it opens up on uh, the whole laser beak fight sequence. A very large amount of lasers being fired at, at Windcharger. There are tons of... From this point on, there are lasers everywhere yeah. in this episode. Uh, Soundwave fires Megatron at Braun, misses, everything's cool. This is a pretty cool sequence where mm-hmm. Megatron is like, I'm going to take care of this myself. He's going to jump up and try and just take out Braun, but Windcharger is heading towards Braun, and then uh, Jetfire, uh, Skyfire rather, is coming from the other direction, and so they do this cool stunt where cool. Windcharger drives off the cliff, Braun holds on to him, and then... They dodge Megatron and land inside of Skyfire. Skyfire, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Well, nice little stunt. They pulled it off. And then they're like, I guess we need reinforcements. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Too many cons could, or too many bots couldn't take care of it. Again, Autobot or Decepticon, they love to do these little things that tip off their enemy that they don't need to do. It's true. In almost every episode, it seems. Then all the... Yep. So the whole squad loads up into giant-sized jet fire. Time to go to Peru, everybody. Is Peru in Central America or South America? South America. I'm ignorant as South America. Fuck. It was it, it was the um, you know it was the motherland of the uh, of the Incan Empire. Well, that might have been Chile, but anyway, Peru. Yes, gotcha. South America, West Coast. I was. <laughs> we just saw, and again, this is to my point of like padding out the episode. There were seven straight seconds of just panning across a forest, mm-hmm. like from Skyfire's presumably. Bay Area looking down, like, and nothing happened. And then we, right here, we're going to have Optimus Prime pat him on the nose cone. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Well, it's his dick. But, um, <laughs> but it's it just lasts for so long. <laughs> his hand is resting on it. And he does it again. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be funny if he just came. <laughs> Shot out foam. <laughs> so, oh so the whole gang is in Peru, if you couldn't tell. Um, I also like during that pan sequence you were talking about that there's this relatively humble village by the temple, mm-hmm. and then right next mm-hmm. to it is a completely modern smelting complex. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the Autobots they they bust into that factory and get right to fighting. Braun steals Megatron. This is kind of a famous scene where Braun. He uh, oh, takes steals Megatron's, Megatron's fusion, fusion cannon. cannon. And I guess at Skyfire, his job is to go kind of investigate the temple and kind of see what's going on. It is fun to see, like, Braun, like, shooting Megatron with his own cannon. So, although presumably that means, like, uh, I guess it doesn't come from the energy of your body? I don't know. So maybe it does have ammunition? We talked about how Transformers guns He's supposed work. to tap into a black hole somehow or another. That's true. But if that tech is in the fusion cannon, then why couldn't Braun shoot it? This part where, Meg- where Optimus runs in and rams Megatron <laughs> is so funny to me. I like it. 
Oh, I love how when Prime transforms, he disconnects yeah. from the trailer, and there's like this spark of, uh, it's of pretty electricity awesome, that kind of flies off the back of him. Yeah, this is a great fight sequence. Megatron's reaching for the cannon, as we said. Yeah. Braun drives over it, picks it up, transforms, fires it at him. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen the Autobot actually fire Megatron's gun. But it, I like how it's so powerful. And Braun's knocks, supposed to be a pretty strong guy, but it's so like, powerful. He's like, wow, that was something. Knocks him over, and then Laserbeak, he uh, steals it back, drops it back off to its uh, rightful owner. At, at this point, you know, the war continues. There's some firing at a giant, I guess it's an electrical tower, and it almost lands on the <laughs> young part. village girl yes. that we saw earlier. And uh, Spike and Bumblebee, <laughs> no, she has no name. She is not important enough also, for a name. Also, we still see that Bumblebee's seats are still hot pink. So it is canon that Bumblebee's seats are fucking hot pink, and that remains. That's right. They match her dress, Louisa's dress. I love it. I also love her headband and her earrings. I, I'm very, I'm a big fan of those. Um, also, Spike pulls Louisa into the driver's side window at full speed from Bumblebee whenever yeah. he, they, re they rescue her. Yeah. I don't understand why she was even there. She, nope. She uh, could... It would be sexist to imply she couldn't be employed by the well, steel factory. she's not factory. wearing a hard hat or a uniform. She does, is not dressed for the job. And, you know, she's a girl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm assuming she's Spike's age, which means she's 14. Although I don't know that if you're in a country... I don't, I don't know what Peru's age work... Well, I will say, are. as a small side note, whenever talking to the girls from More Than Meets the Pod, um, they were talking, they've been reviewing these episodes, and like one of their things was like, okay, so Spike works at an oil rig. He must be like 20. And like whenever uh, we talked to them, I, I told them, yeah, he's 14. It, it, it <laughs> and she it, was, they were they like, they lost their shit. It blew their minds. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. And also, there was a third party who I don't know what her name was who came up and was like, why is he working at an oil rig yeah. if he's 14? I was like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's, it was just one of the many points <laughs> I wanted to talk to about. Check this out. An estimated 360,000 children and adolescents work in, in Peru. Per the 2000 Child and Adolescent Code, Adolescent Code, Peru's official minimum age for employment is 14. Okay. Though children between 12 and 14 can work up to four hours each day. So, so that's, and these are the 80s, so you're probably it's even right. looser. Well, clearly, there's basically <laughs> this area is just a temple. And a smelting operation yeah, right yeah. next to each other. I, I think she just happened to be walking through on her way to like get some water, or perhaps <laughs> put it in a jar on her head, walk it back to the village. I believe that's Africa, but yes. yeah. <laughs> I don't know my indigenous cultures. <laughs> Come on, I'm American. She explains Louisa, who we will we will give the respect of naming her henceforth. Mm -hmm. uh, Spike and B after they save her. She explains that the Decepticons must have stolen the Crystal of Power. She's going to take them to it through the jungle, and, and Laserbeak is giving them chase. And at, at this point, you know, he's he's tailing them pretty good, but Blue Streak shows up on the scene. And I think it becomes an ongoing theme thing of, yes. that Blue Streak takes out Laserbeak. Yeah, it is. It does, I read that in the TF Wiki that uh, that has become a trend of Blue Streak shooting Laserbeak down. Right. I like it. Get yeah. something for that fuck to do. <laughs> Blue streak. <laughs> yeah, I kept Bumblebee's, thinking Bumblebee's seats were uh, hot pink. Hot, I'm sorry, my I am on medication. <laughs> That's his excuse. And, no, right, it is today. So I know that they're hot pink. I just had a moment. 
<laughs> it's true. No, I agree with what you said, yeah, Caleb. I, I know it's been discussed at length. So. Maybe even today. Like 10 no, minutes I know, ago. I know. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you, you I have been paying you, attention. You, right, you right. have that memory. He, I, he has EQ. Back at the plant, <laughs> the battle rages on. While while everything we just saw was going on, Megatron somehow engineered an alloy to use on the weapon frame, and uh, yeah. so he calls Skywarp into battle, which pisses <sighs> off Starscream. I love this part so much because again, everybody's so sassy. Oh yeah, Skywarp. Well, in thun- if I'm not mistaken, he's in Thundercracker colors. No. Not here. No. And just like, well. Okay. All right. He's oh, like, God. Who he's like, peace out. I'll see you it later. Matter. He's right. in his colors. All right. Black God and purple, damn it. Black okay. and sort of so, magenta. So Skywarp calls Starscream Screamer mm-hmm. and then literally waves to him and goes, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I like Skywarp. I think his color scheme is my favorite of all the, all the Seekers. But yeah, I like how he's just, I, I like how Skywarp is just like, I don't really fucking want to be here. I'm not putting up with any of this shit. Like, he has no beef. He's just just kind of like... Yeah, he's just there. Whatever. And he's, that is in whatever. his... I, I believe in his um his uh, profile card. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's, the profile card says, he's just like dot 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just think he, he doesn't necessarily believe in the uh, Decepticon cause. He's just... Or are you confusing that with Thundercracker? Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. At at this point, old Incan girl helps uh, Spike sneak into the temple. Mm -hmm. Soundwave sends Ravage to go and deal with them. Skyfire heads towards the weapon to destroy, but he's intercepted by Thundercracker. Thundercracker is still hot pissed at Starscream because of the general shittiness, and he conspires to let Skyfire destroy the weapon, as Starscream would likely get the blame in that scenario. So, in answer to the question, Thundercracker is the one who oh, is you were casually gotcha, gotcha, into gotcha. the Decepticon. So, Starscream overhears the plot, blasts Skyfire, and threatens Thundercracker to follow his orders, or he's gonna rat him out to to Megatron. Skyfire really isn't. Is is useless. <laughs> it's weird how people like him so much because he is a cool toy. He's yes. a cool character. All he does is get fucked up. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Also, it's funny to me how just generally disrespectful the Seekers are to Starscream because yeah. I thought he was supposed to be their leader. In this episode, they really are like they do not follow him at all. <laughs> And in yeah. general, this episode, like, Starscream is just kind of treated like a, a fucking piece of shit. Well, he is also an asshole. He, it's true. He made it, he did not give a fuck about Thundercracker's input. That turned out to be wise. Correct. And then yep. made him take the blame for it. Thundercracker gets chucked off a mountain. I'd so, be looking to fuck you over, too. We're just going to say, in this episode, Starscream's in timeout. <laughs> I guess so, I guess. And also, it's interesting, uh, Starscream takes out Skyfire with no regard for what their past history yeah, was. I guess he's mentioned. totally, I guess he's totally over that. Transition. The Decepticons have stolen enough hot steel for their weapon frame. <laughs> it's time to leave, but first, Megatron fires on the side of a mountain to cause an avalanche that will bury the whole village below. So That's that'll distract move. the Autobots. That's his move, is decapitating mountains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Circumcising them, he does it in the movie as mm-hmm. well. The villagers are freaking out. Boulders are just tumbling at him, and we go to commercial. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> what? I hope everybody's okay. Well, we're coming back from commercial. We're gonna find out. Oh fuck! Right, 
here's the solution. It's pretty easy, actually. The Autobots just fire on the rocks. And yeah. Blast them to pebbles, and that they save the village. It's all a, it's all pretty easy, pretty standard issue. Autobot saving. You like just that? You like this that, episode Ryan? seems so like much that? longer than it is. I'm like, I keep watching it. I'm like, how much more do we have left? Right. Jesus Christ, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spike. And his new friend uh, are heading towards the temple. Ravage is still chasing them. Oh, you have a different version. In the one I saw on Tubi TV, um, uh, uh, Skyfire is colored as Thundercracker when they're carrying him through the cave like that. Oh, they fixed it. It's fucking weird. Interesting. Anyway, not to call out every miscolor, but it was a very strange one. Back to the Decepticons. So Skyfire is formally captured. Megatron considers rewiring him again to turn him into a Decepticon. And then they all just walk away. Spike, B, Louisa, they they discover him. And uh, they're also discovering at the same time the ancient power that lies within the temple. So an ancient power that Megatron's using right now. He's harnessing for his newly rebuilt cannon. So that new steel's working pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, that that ink and steel. Ink and steel. (laughs) You know all that steel we get from Peru? Yes. <laughs> I don't know the exports, Caleb. I don't even... I, that, I just... Caleb, I just, do you know the exports? I looked at Caleb for anything <laughs> global, cultural. Oh, we don't get steel from Peru. All right. Well, <laughs> the United States has a good supply. We uh, get olives. <laughs> from Peru? Sometimes. <laughs> okay, all right. Do we I'm get, into it. How about mint? That's easy to grow anywhere, right? Oh, mint is almost impossible to eradicate. It's a very easy it's a plague to on this country. I, I got the mint for our drink today. It was still alive whenever I got home. So, And it was freezing oh, no. over the weekend. Peru's main exports are copper, gold, zinc, textiles, chemicals, pharmaceuticals, machinery, services, and fish meal. All right. So, I mean, oh, look, export goods are also include iron ore. I mean... We sure. Could, we could. Say I guess you're right. They could. Uh, they they uh, do some mining there and refining and. Uh, Probably not right. Can... Not right next to temples. So I'll take this. I'll take it all back. I bet you that we do get some steel from Peru. Probably when it's when it's you know, cheaper we get most than of our, our domestic steel. We get most of our oil from Canada, and that's that's a true fact. I thought uh, fracking had uh, oh, like basically that? made us made us like our own self sustaining oil powerhouse at this point. <clears throat> I guess that's true. Well, we, well, <laughs> this is the A, this is the APDC economic ignoramuses hour. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Ravage shows up inside the temple to stop the action of uh, Spike and Bumblebee and Louisa. Uh, B steps in to tussle with Ravage. The rest mm-hmm. of the Autobots approach the temple. Megatron has his new weapon. He's aiming it right at them, and he has taken all the shots and missing all the shots. It's, everybody misses everything at the la- the last third of this is nobody hitting shit. Basically, it's true. Yeah, and to call back to what you said earlier, Ryan, he 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 shot at something the size of a football <laughs> earlier that was miles away, it's in space, probably hundreds of miles Hun- away, definitely hundreds of and miles away. Hit it first shot. He can't hit Optimus Prime 50 feet in front of him here or any Who is a very large target. (laughs) He is much bigger than a football. So, yeah, they can't hit him. Uh, Megatron commands all the Decepticons to fire upon the Autobots. The Autobots do get covered in rubble somehow. Like, there is something that happens. I couldn't tell exactly what was going down there. Um, But that's that's when, actually, they recover from that, and and Megatron commands them all to just 
shoot it. Yeah, this is the where fuck. there's just laser fire everywhere, and then Ravage just slaps B in the face <laughs> right here. <laughs> As as Spike is, is fixing... Spike is working on Skyfire. Skyfire. And successfully fixes him. He has really upped his game. Perfectly. Like Spike is very helpful. Like, no wonder his his son was such a, an asset. Yeah, that's why they brought him to the oil rigs and all that shit. He's like a fucking... He's whatever the mechanical version of Encyclopedia Brown is. As well, the next episode, the spark plug seems like a fucking moron, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Whitmicky men there seem might be very bright. Skyfire, uh, Ravage goes to lunge at Spike, but Skyfire, he is healed just in time to grab a lunging Ravage, and Mm -hmm. he throws him against the wall. The team leaves the temple to rejoin the battle. The Autobots are trying, they keep trying, to (laughs) advance up these stairs. It's true. But the Decepticons have the high ground, and the Autobots just can't get up there. But luckily, um, Braun does make it up, then Ironhide. Ironhide attacks Megatron. The Ironhide hammer fisting Megatron in the face is very funny to me. I like uh, the slow-mo fall down the pyramid that Prime and Ironhide have. Oh, that's, yeah, the little before. I I got ahead of myself. (laughs) It's actually, well, I got ahead of all of us, so Mm -hmm. it's all good. Um, Ultimately, well, Jesus, I'm getting blown up. Let's see what it is while the video catches up. I'm going to kill you. Oh, no. Not here. (laughs) Not in my home. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's Iron. Yeah. Ironhide is just bonking Megatron on the face. So what actually kind of helps things out, Skyfire flips around. He starts, you know, attacking from the skies, which, uh, you know, tips the battle more in the favor of the Autobots. Uh, Braun knocks Starscream off. Megatron is getting ready to throw here. He does throw Ironhide mm-hmm. off the temple, but Optimus Prime. Prime catches him. Aww. Nice little catch. Very sweet. Oh, but shit. The cannon gets swung around. Some threatening words are exchanged. And that's oh. when Skyfire <laughs> comes in, blasts the cannon, blasts Megatron, unleashing the whatever the primal yeah. earth core force from the... Yeah. So I guess that's true. The energy just must be shooting straight up in the Into air. The gun. And the cannon was there to... Gaff it off. Because the it had the crystal To control it. it, right. Yeah. Prime throws Megatron off of the temple, and at this point, they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> Megatron <laughs> and all the Decepticons take off. They're done with this shit. Time to move on. I don't understand this ending at all. And they have all. some losers banter here as well. Yeah, so Thundercracker literally makes a thunder noise while flying because yeah. Starscream says. Does he have to make that awful thunder noise? I've got a headache! And they call them. And then Megatron says, and they call themselves Decepticons. Which I don't understand yeah. that line. It's just sass for the sake of sass, but there's no reason for it. At all. And also, Thundercracker, had he says it earlier, and he says it again now. He has a really obsession with the words geek and geek. Yes, yes. He calls Starscream <laughs> a geek a bunch of times. Yeah, and then he's like, had something about acting all geeky. But back at the temple, uh, an invention of Wheeljacks this. is going to cap off the energy beam, and the invention works. Yay! Yeah, I do like, but, but though, but, speaking of whether Wheeljacks oh, Wheel inven- invention will work, Spike says... I don't know. With Wheeljack's inventions, you never can tell. <laughs> right. Like he, and then and then they they make fun of him again because they all decide to bug out of there. 
Oh yeah, they want to run away because they're not sure it's going to explode. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. He's like, maybe we should just uh, get a move on. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they do. Even weird... Wheeljack says it. Like, I'm not sure if this will yeah. work. It that the whole sequence is kind of weird because they put the cap on. There's all that self-deprecating Wheeljack stuff, and then Skyfire. I can't remember who says what to who. Like, I'd shake your hand if I could see you. And then all the Autobots oh, are yeah. parked up on the side of the temple. Shooting up their, like, uh, accent and then they turn on their lights yes. so that, I guess, presumably, so they can see each other. It's and very, then they shake hands. It's very strange. This whole ending is super strange. There is some weirdness. So then, to your what you were saying earlier, they make that comment about... All right, well, maybe we should go just in case yeah. this whole thing doesn't work <laughs> yeah, out right. and the top of this mountain to get, about, yeah, get blown off. Destroys the village. <laughs> and, and so they're rolling off. And that's when, in the car, you've got Spike and Bumblebee and Louisa. She remarks to Bumblebee that she wants to introduce him to her brother's convertible. Oh, God. Named yeah. Juanita. Yes. And they should get along just fine. And then Bumblebee does this. This weird, like, bug smart. Like, see. if you can imagine. He does this rubbery, like, jump in the air. Like, I am embarrassed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. overly. I, I for a see... show that animates things relatively realistic. Yeah. It's a very it's cartoonish very strange. I want to see. I, I want, has there been fan fiction on Juanita? Created. I don't think so. I want to see that. Well, maybe, but uh, I haven't uh, read it. I wondered if they've ever actually created a, a Juanita character, a convertible character, as Bumblebee's girlfriend. That oh. is a smart. That is an interesting idea. I'm sure there's fiction all about. Like we can a, ask our friends from Pennsylvania. I think it'd be an mm-hmm. El, she should be like an El Camino or something like that, or um, it would be a La I Camino. Think it, mm. Oh, uh, La Camina. Ah, even better. Yeah. It's a lot. Do they make convertible El Caminos? I yes, I. think think they might that would be awesome yeah right <laughs> <laughs> wow it's already half convertible uh, we, had a, we had a friend here in uh nix i forgot who it is but they took their station wagon and turned it into a convertible they just chopped the whole top off of it what did it look awesome did it look good or no it looked terrible <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this episode so did, soon <laughs> did you guys I, did you guys think that we were gonna see a romantic subplot between spike yes. and louisa yes never happened at all no no, no delivery on that but just fine it doesn't have to happen it's fine it's fine it's just weird i mean i guess she's just a, a a delivery system for how to get into the temple which isn't even necessary but uh, i mean i but why make her a, a like a cute young girl about Spike's age. Sure, sure, yeah. Or, like, why not just a dude? <laughs> or an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, voice actors. As you had said, Ryan, the character is not named on screen, uh, but her name is Louisa via the script, and she's voiced by Mona Marshall. Okay. And Mona, she voiced a number of human and other sort of organic characters on the show. There's Aaron and Marty, who I don't know if you remember what they are, what they look like. There's these weird, weird alien boys from, let me see if I can pronounce this, Brodingnag. So there were those episodes where the Autobots go to another planet and they're basically toys for an alien kid. This is, it's, she it's, voiced it's essentially, that it's kid. essentially, yes, that episode is essentially a Twilight Zone ripoff episode. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So she voiced them. Also, Jamal. Uh, slash Hassan, ruler of Iran. Iran. I always say Iran like I'm some kind of hick. 
ruler of Iran on Earth. Justin, a young Decepticon-loving boy, he had a coloring book, and he was mad that he didn't have enough metallic crayons to properly color in Megatron. I don't remember that one. Uh, In Season 3, she plays uh, Nijika, which is an android that kind of looks like a Japanese geisha character, and then also Zomojin Empress. So they're they're a different planet in the solar system. They're humanoids, but they sort of... Their culture is very Japanese reminiscent. Um, Anyway, she is most notable in her career for being Sheila Broflowski on South Park. That's Kyle's mother. Whoa, 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 what? (laughs) Yeah. And actually, she took over the voice for the original. I think the original voice uh, actor died fairly early on in the run. I think she's done it the, the majority of the run. Izzy Izumi on Digimon and Doraemon. I know that I'm mispronouncing all of that. As I was saying, does a lot of anime, none of which I'm familiar with. She also did G.I. Joe, Gem uh, and the Holograms, Rugrats, Spider-Man, My Little Pony. Here's a show she did that I'd never heard of that I thought you guys would enjoy the name of. Chuck Norris, colon, Karate Commandos. And Commando is spelled with a K. Oh, because that makes it cool. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't. Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos from Kentucky. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> that would have been short, racist. The short <laughs> version. <laughs> Tropes. Fun details. I don't know. Uh, anything audio or video can come from Laserbeak's head. Yeah, well. Yeah. I, I think there's, a, a, there's kind of a, a trope here of... If, tell me if this counts or not, but like an Indiana Jones type of trope with the, the archaeology. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what they were kind of going for on this. Maybe, it yeah. Not, it was not very heavy. They failed. They did. <laughs> no, I agree, but I, I, that's what since I get it's like an Indiana Jones trope. If that is the metaphor, the Decepticons are more Indiana Jones because they're the ones doing the exploring. It belongs in a museum! <laughs> Finding the power. <laughs> the crystal, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, lot, and then th- the whole Thundercracker as a turncoat thing is a thing that, as you were saying earlier, Ryan, is in his tech specs profile. Mm-hmm. But um, they, this is the only time in the G1 cartoon that they really mention it. It is used in like the IDW comics and I think other media, the Transformers Devastation video game, they allude to it a little bit. I talk but, about that in my script deviation. But in this, it's not really, at least as what we see on on screen, I'm interested to hear what your script deviation is, it's not really as much about switching sides as it is just about fucking over Starscream. Yes, it seems to have a real hard <laughs> on for Starscream. Right. All right, let's rate the scheme. What do you guys think? And what, and what is our what's our rating scale again? There's no rating scale, just general commentary. But we could create a rating scale. I've just been doing one through ten, and it's yeah. all I've only been doing the Decepticons, like because the Decepticons are the only ones. Well, who if have the a Autobots would ever have a scheme. The uh, Decepticons are proactive. Autobots are reactive. Uh, yeah, I would say that the um, the scheme for the Decepticons I'd say it's fairly poor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give it a I think I'm gonna give it a three. I. I gave it a three as well, Caleb. Yeah. I, I gave it a three out of ten. It really feels like a retread of Fire in the Sky, except like if somebody had, I don't know, written it under like if they had the flu, yeah. like rewritten what they remembered about it's, Fire in the, the Sky. The miserable failure. The only thing they could have done different in Fire in the Sky, or, or the only thing that would have made this more like Fire in the Sky, is if in Fire in the Sky 
some like local Aleutian came in and helped the Autobots sneak into the Decepticons' it, ice fortress that they had or ice cave. Yeah, yeah. Like Luisa was like, "Follow me. I know a secret passageway or something yeah, like that." Exactly. It really feels like in this one, um, or even just a fucking like whale or something breaches <laughs> <laughs> and helps them out. <laughs> It really feels like in this one the Decepticons are the bumbling fools and the Autobots actually are capable. Like, the Decepticons seem like... Well, you had Starscream who did this Dumbo steel thing. That was all ego-based. Um, and then Megatron couldn't hit anybody. If he could hit somebody, yeah. he like cannon me. I don't understand why that cannon was supposed to be so powerful. Did it hit... I mean, also, we didn't see its evidence of hitting anything alive. Nope. Also, theoretically, you can't move that cannon... Mm-mm. So you're gonna have to take over the universe from Peru. From Peru. <laughs> hey, man, there's worse places in the world. Yeah, it's it's very pretty. <laughs> I've, I've never been there. I just I didn't number rate it. I just said it's not unique. Another crystal, Earth's core. Yeah, but there is a lot of fun shit talk in this episode. It's true. Like, That's the not dialogue. really rating the scheme at all. But yeah. <laughs> I like watching some of the action because it's I, I again. Love it when Braun rides Soundwave into that mountainside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dumb, but it's funny. Uh, let's do the pop culture. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> In the real world. Uh, this episode aired December 22nd, 1984. So this was a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Um, In the top 40. Duran Duran on American Top 40, second week at number two on the countdown. This is Casey Kasem on American Top 40 in Hollywood. Now, the new number one song in the USA by the woman who was handed a Cinderella life and walked out on her fairy godmothers. This is the story of singer and dancer Madonna Sissoni. Madonna grew up in Detroit, and when she was 17, she went to New York, hoping to make it as a professional dancer. It was tough there, and she often lived a hand-to-mouth existence, working at odd jobs while pursuing her career. She auditioned for, and she won, a scholarship with the prestigious Alvin Ailey dance troupe. Things were finally beginning to happen. Then, Madonna auditioned as a singer and dancer for an international tour by a French disco singer, Patrick Hernandez. His managers were so impressed with her, they made an incredible offer. They said they'd make her a star. Madonna told writer Michael Kozakowski. We had Like a Virgin by Madonna. Hmm. The number one movie was, this was again in one of, I think on the last Dinobot episode, actually, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, which we discussed mm-hmm. before. Here's a fun fact. This is uh, about Beverly Hills Cop in 1975, because I talked about it before, but this was um, something I dug up. In 1975, long before he would become CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner was driving a beat-up station wagon around Hollywood, despite his impressive title of president at Paramount Studios. After he got a speeding ticket from a cop with an air of superiority and quiet condensation... Condensation? Condensation... Quite, he was he was sweating. He was crying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) weeping. (laughs) Eisner bought himself a Mercedes. More like Michael Kreisner. (laughs) (laughs) Eisner bought himself a Mercedes and came up with the germ of an idea to make a movie about a Hollywood police officer. For what it's worth, Paramount executive Don Simpson allegedly claims Eisner was wrong 
and that he came up with the idea of Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, this movie was originally going to be Sylvester Stallone. Oh, um, instead of Eddie Murphy? Yes. Wow. And that movie is what became Cobra. The movie Cobra. Oh, right, right. Which fucking is a st- has a Stan Bush tie-in. Yes. You Got the Touch was supposed to be a song for that movie. Cobra, that's right. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. On the cover of TV Guide, Susan Clark, Alex Karras, and Emmanuel Lewis from Webster. Aw, uh, remember Webster? I do. Like a sweet show. Uh, Emmanuel Lewis is the titular Webster who, after losing his parents, is adopted by his NFL pro godfather and his wife. The couple has to adjust to their new life as sudden parents, very similar to NBC's series Different Strokes, both featured an Amer- African-American boy adopted by a wealthy white family. The weird thing about Webster and Different Strokes both is that the the, the main characters were both had some kind of disease where they basically were are forever children. Not on the show, but in real life. Yeah, in real, in, no, yeah, in real life. Yeah. Both both the Emmanuel uh, Lewis and uh, what's the name of the guy in Different Strokes? Um, Gary Coleman. Yeah, Thank you. They both w- never got taller than like four foot three, and they just always looked like children. Holy shit! Maybe they just gave those kids drugs. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking that they just they they liked how they looked like children and could, and could portray themselves as a young child, but then but they were older. But they could, they were but, 25 but they, years old when they, they did act, the show. They could act with a certain level of of maturity that came across as really funny and interesting right. to the viewer. What are you talking about, Caleb? I'm going to talk about the Ink and Empire as soon as we're done with this part here. <laughs> okay, go know. right into it. Well, since there. Is touches of the Inca Empire. I thought I would briefly explain in the real world what the Inca Empire was. I, just I like it. I love quick it. Nutshell. Add uh, some value. The Inca Empire was the largest empire in pre-Columbian America, and it arose from the Peruvian highlands in the early 13th century, early 1200s, right up till the Spanish. Uh, Ran it into the ground in the uh, late 1500s. <laughs> they were like, you guys are done. Yeah. What's fa- what I find really, uh, one thing that's really fascinating about them is how sophisticated their empire was, uh, even though they lacked certain technologies. For example, they lacked the use of wheeled vehicles. They lacked animals and draft animals that could pull wagons and plows. Uh, they lacked the knowledge of iron and steel. In this portion, mm-hmm. even though it, they, uh, I think they were still brass or uh, copper, probably. lots of gold too, and uh, above all, they lacked the system of writing. Hmm. But they, and I've seen these in museums. They would, they, they have these woven these strings with knots, and they had a code. Yes, they would I've tie seen knots, this. and that's how they would calculate. That's how they would calculate, uh, do accounting, and also uh, they would also use them for. Uh, tracking things that would happen in history and calendars. This uh, complicated series of knots. Huh. I, I, I found out recently, I was doing, I don't even know how I got down this road, but uh, how long ago the wheel was invented. And it's way sooner than you would expect. It was like 3000 BC. Right. Like, because, and I was like, how is that possible? And it, it was because you have to invent a whole system. Like, the wheel doesn't work without an axle and ball bearings. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a complete system all together to make it work. It's not like mm-hmm. step it's not by step. It's just about inventing the wheel. Yeah, it's not by, like step right. by step inventions. And I was like, that's fucking fascinating mm-hmm. to me. So, yeah. at what point in time were our uh, closest intellectual 
ancestors did they go extinct? Is that the Neanderthals? Neanderthals. Neanderthals? <laughs> um, it was, was I, it I believe... Longer than the wheel? Yes, it's okay. between 150,000 years ago. Okay, never mind, I'm just curious if yep. they had the wheel. Nope. All right. Nope. I, bet they, I bet you they had that fire, though. They did have fire. Did have fire. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> Oddly enough, though, they had Game Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's just 8-bit technology, not impressed. No, that's true. That's not even 8-bit. That's 1-bit, I think, technology. Uh, well, maybe we should do that. We can... I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. All right, what'd you guys like? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you guys like? Uh, this is Ryan. I just basically liked seeing uh, Skyfire again, uh, but the sound or the, but the scenes of a uh, sound wave shooting Megatron in gun mode, I thought were particularly cool. Yeah, I agree. Animation in this episode was uh, top notch. I give it a after I give it a nine out of ten on animation. Well, I would agree after the first third. I thought they were a little chunky and weird in the first third of it, mm -hmm. but yeah, that, it picked up pretty quick. I've already said mine. Running sound wave into that mountain. Yep, <laughs> that's a funny sequence. Yeah, that bumblebee scene at the end where he oh, cartoonishly jumps, jumps and smiles in vehicle mode. <laughs> Ooh. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I still, but I'll never forget I it. I still say what what kind of Transformer car is Juanita. Juanita, yeah, I, oh, I, I can't remember. La Camina, like a, Fiat, a Ford Fiesta. Ford. Oh no! I thought she said what it it's was. a convertible. She says no, she just said it's a oh, she just said convertible. Oh, okay. yeah, it could be a fit like a '57 Chevy. It's a Monte Carlo. You know how when you go to places like that, they're, they're like what? the car like well, just like that aren't the United States of America, basically. Uh -huh. That are less uh, their economy. Their economy is not as good. Uh, and they always have their technology is like the shit we throw away. So you go you to like Jamaica Cuba, like Cuba. and you see a bunch of older nineteen ninety nine Ford yeah, Fiestas. I, I, see I could I could get down with that. Too. I would. You know what I'd like to see, Caleb? Is your what was your? You had a a Toyota truck. I had a Nissan truck. Nissan. Mm -hmm. I would like to see that as a convertible. As a convertible? Yes. Sure. It's it's. Uh, it, it's fun to uh, take cars that shouldn't be convertibles and make <laughs> yes. them convertibles. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Especially okay. just by chainsawing the top of the <laughs> yeah, it's it right off. Yeah. Okay. Next time on the Autopod Decepticast. We're going to have the, the return of the Dinobots. Absolutely. And Chip Chase. Fuck yeah. Yay. It's going to be quite the little fun. Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> The, which one's the chocolate and which one's the peanut butter? Obviously, Chip is getting... Chocolate chip. <laughs> yes. Oh. And... Who's the other one? Peanut butter. I don't know. Grimlock, the Dinobots. Chocolate chip and... This is not prehistoric. And prehistoric. Pepto-Bismol. Oh, God. We're the <laughs> yeah, worst. That was a failure. Visit the store, everybody. <laughs> we, we've been in the process for uh, new goods for a while, and I'm happy to say... We've got new goods. Mm -hmm. You got to check out our new Starscream poster. We also the, have the old pathetic goods. Fools. <laughs> we also have old. They're running out fast, though, guys. Buy it <laughs> quick before they're all gone. They are moving. We also we also have uh, button series pin series number two. If you are one of our patrons, please uh, don't buy those things. They'll be included in your booty box. Whatever. If you are our patrons, buy them too. <laughs> Get, they they do make great stocking stuffers yeah. for the Transformers. Just around the lovers Halloween in your life. Halloween. Holiday season is coming up. <laughs> Halloween's right around the corner. Just throw them to kids in the bags. 
<laughs> Next year, 2020 Halloween, of course. Keep listening. Never stop listening. Please. <laughs> Stitcher, Google oh, Play, God. Tune In, Apple Podcasts. Uh, don't forget that Spotify and follow us on your social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And the web presence is autopoddecepticast.com. Finally, support the Patreon, patreon.com slash APODDCast. I think we're done here. I think we're done. This was a good one. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Top five. We just... Yeah. All right. Bye, bye, bye. Sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>